Hello, welcome to the Savage Southerner podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Paul H, and today we're going to talk all about... <coughs> Queen music. Well, the albums. Um, The first 15, 15, 14 or 15 Queen albums. Going from Queen, the self-titled release, all the way up to Made in Heaven which was finished off in 1995, using up the uh, uh, material they had left over um, with uh, Freddie Mercury's vocals on. Uh, There was was an album done afterwards, Queen Forever, I think it's called, uh, with a couple of songs from, about two or three songs of material with Freddie still on there, but uh, I haven't haven't actually opened that... uh, album yet because to be fair it's um it's just a, a compilation album with like I say with like those three songs so I've kept it unopened uh, for now anyway moving on yes so uh, I initially I, I listened to all of to all of Queen's albums back to back and then was like right now I'll do the uh, podcast reviewing everything and then of course the second well, you know, we got the we're in lockdown. <laughs> we got f- four kids. Suddenly, we got a home home schooling to do, and I'll be honest, I forgot a lot of the details from a lot of the songs. Uh, so I've listened through them again, which has been fun, except for hot space. But we'll talk about that later. And uh, yeah, I've done some little notes on each song uh, off each album. So we'll uh, get the ball rolling with Queen, the self-titled album, released in 1973. First track off that is Keep Yourself Alive. Now, Queen, Queen's musical structure as a rock band is very different than uh, other rock band musical structure goes. Uh, it's pretty much the, uh, the blues, um, given a little bit of a a bit of a bite, a bit of a change in the beat, but it, uh, most rock rock and roll bands, rock bands, definitely a good example would be ACDC. Uh, they're pretty much uh, three or four chords and uh, blues pen- or pentatonic scale played over, which works. It's uh, really, well, ask any fan of rock music, they'll tell you how much it works. Uh, Queen never normally structure like that. They have they have done a lot of s- songs off their albums, which come across as like pure rock and roll songs. And um, yeah, this is one of them. Uh, yeah, like I say, it's called "Keep Yourself Alive." It's got a really um, like a chugging riff to it, like like driving riff to it. Uh, it's quite upbeat, I would say. But still, definitely got that feel of um, that rock feel to it. Um, I think uh, mostly due to Brian May's guitar. In all fairness, it doesn't matter what Queen play. There's always that that touch of heaviness underneath it, and that comes across predominantly in the way of uh, the way Brian May's style of guitaring. He, uh, he's one. He's one to use the harmonies a lot. He likes likes to you know the harmonise over all the guitar parts he plays and which is why Brian May's guitar sounds so loud as it does 
so yeah, there we go. So that was track one off Queen One was Keep Yourself Alive. We uh, go on to Doing All Right. It's a bit of a slower song. It starts slower. You got that nice seventies fantasy feel, whimsical feel to some some of the songs that uh, they play, which is why they um the music uh media often wanted to pigeonhole Queen. They wanted to put them in that sort of that glam rock um uh, little box but not everything they done was glam but they did do a lot of stuff it was so I mean this is why the music music um media didn't like Queen a lot to begin with because they couldn't pigeonhole them they couldn't turn around and say oh they're just a like a glam rock band they couldn't turn around and say well they're just a heavy metal band they couldn't turn around, you know they 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 couldn't they couldn't put them in their own little um place so that's why they got a bit of hate uh starting on but like i say yeah doing all right it starts very slow very fantasy touching touches to it uh there's a, a, a the break uh part through this song is actually like a like a vocal break with a little bit of acoustic guitar to it and then this heavy also talk about heavy guitars this heavy guitars boots in um da 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 <clears throat> and uh yeah <laughs> really good uh next after that you got great king rap <laughs> i love that song that's 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 heavy that is a that's got a really heavy feel to it um and uh the very rare example of one of the few i've heard to be honest i don't think i've heard that many times that's why it stuck out so much for me is a uh, brian appears to be using a bit of wah on the guitars and that as i say that's not usually brian's thing uh, uh more 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 use of delay uh brian um, tends to use delay a, he uses delay a lot in his guitar cool that, that's like his one of his guitar effects like when he does his um his main solo when they play live in the there's that you know he um but again there's a touch on that on uh another album there's a couple of tracks where uh, the, uh, the 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 delay effect is used very apparent but yeah for for Brian to pull out a touch of wah that 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 was a I I, I forgot about it if I'm perfectly honest because like I say he never normally uses wah but yeah there is a touch of uh, wah on a great king rap uh, and yeah it's 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 a heavy one you got to my Fairy King, that's got a, a next track after that. My Fairy King's got a very heavy intro to it. Um, it's got some, uh, uh, and when the intro dies off, goes into like a piano and uh, lyrics, and piano and vocals, and the uh, the song is actually sung at quite a high, not high pitch, it's sung, it's sung at quite a fast speed, and it gives it like that little bit of tensey feeling to it slightly creepy da, 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 but it's um it's a good song uh definitely after that it goes on to a song called liar which is uh another heavy song um the verses uh, uh come across slow with uh some light light i say light heavy it's like <laughs> you get light heavy a good example of a light, slow, heavy song would be Black Sabbath by 
Black Sabbath. That is not real. I mean, it's got the 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 solo is picked up a lot faster, but the the main driving uh, music for Black Sabbath, well, for the song Black Sabbath, gets confusing. The song Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath, but there is like a slow, creepy type riff. But we're talking about Queen, uh, not Sabbath, at the moment. So yeah, and uh, it's got a, it it builds up to a really powerful like uh, section of a uh, liar where um the music's loud, the vocals loud, go da 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 da. da. It's uh, I love that one, beautiful. A song called uh, "The Night Comes Down." That's uh that's a, that's a slow song, I would say heavy and slow. Um, yeah, it's got like a swing motion as you'd call it like a, like that like that swing like a swing style like you get on a a drummer's often that's a a term used much for the drummers you know so again it's still still got a touch of heaviness to it but not exactly like speed unlike the next song which is called modern times rock and roll um this one's actually sung by Roger Taylor He's got that real high falsetto voice. S- such a rock and roll voice. And this song, I would act- I actually think, I'd put this down as a very early example of thrash metal. Uh, like any of my, uh, th- any thrash thrash metal fans, thrash metal brotherhood listening in, give give this song a listen to. It's, yeah, it's, uh, called, it's called Modern Times Rock and Roll. It's only about a minute and a half long. And uh, it's got a real big, big, fast, fast. I say that 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 thrash esque sound. All it's like it's like pre Motorhead, Motorheadish esque sound. Really good, really good. Uh, something like that. It's called uh, Son and Daughter. That, again, that's. It's it's slow. It's got a swing, heavy. It's got that heavy undercurrent to it. Uh, but yeah, very nice song after that called uh, Jesus, and it's a very heavy riff to start with, and um, it uh, yeah, I'd say it's, I'd say it's a lighter toned song to it, and the last track on a uh, Queen one as we call it, is actually a demo of Seven Seas of Rye. It doesn't actually have... I don't even think there's... Um, I don't think there's even much lyrics to it. It's just like the... um, You know, it's like an instrumental. And it is, it's very... You can you can tell it's the demo of what's coming, you know, after. But, uh, no, it's, um, it's... It's good, though, you know, it's good. It's not as good as the uh, the next one. Because the next one is the actual fully pearly gig version, which is fucking awesome. But uh, yeah, moving on. Moving on, we've got Queen 2. Uh, first track of that is called uh, Possession, which is just the... This is where you really do hear that harmonised Queen sound in the guitars. And uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, next one's called Father and Son. Again, it, it's it's got a slow that slow rhythm to it. Uh, that slow heavy rhythm. 
But uh, I would say it's got like a happy feel song to it, you know. Um, the it, when the break when the break comes in, it's very heavy, and there's some crazy guitaring going on. Uh, next after that, we've got White Queen. Again, it's got that sort of fantasy feel to it, as I said before about like um like doing all right, you know that that that, that fantasy tone that you get in a lot of like the glam rock bands of the 70s you know it being the time and still the thing uh hippie era big hippie era died died that died out from the 60s but was still you know still kicking up the fight in throughout the early 70s mid 70s um yeah and uh yeah it's a good one uh someday one day again that that's like a happy sort of song uh that was a uh, Brian May on vocals that one but again as a happy feel happy song as it is <laughs> it's got a very creepy intro <laughs> uh it's like a yeah but uh, then it kicks in and it is it's good uh the loser in the end now this is another this is another Roger Taylor one uh on vocals as well and as I say, he's got like that really heavy rock and roll feel to his songs. Uh, so yeah, that's that's, that's a good one. Uh, the Ogre Battle after that. That's that's good. That's a really slow start, slow high with like these uh, high vocals and uh, heavy fast guitar and drums in it. And uh, yeah, that's that's a real good one. Got the uh, fairy fellas master stroke after that. Again, it's like like fantasy glam esque rock um, with some crazy guitars in. Uh, after that, it slows right down to a track called Nevermore, which is uh, again it's got that again it still has a touch of that touch of that fantasy style to it, but. Uh, Mostly it's um piano and vocals. Uh the bass is very evident on it as well. But uh it's a very good song. Uh after that there's uh the March of the Black Queen which uh sl- starts slow with uh drums build up, piano, the lyrics are sung at a fast pace, it gives again it gives it that that sense of tension to it. But uh it's a again. It's heavy again. I've no. I've put down on me notes. Heavy, slow, crazy guitars. <laughs> but uh, good. And uh, then there's a uh, funny how love is. Which again, it's um, again that's like a happy acousticy like fantasy hippie-ish type song. And uh, the last track on that. Uh, I'll say that though there is some awesome piano work in it as in the next song the last one which is Seven Seas of Rye and that is the that's like that's the final version of Seven Seas of Rye and yeah in my opinion a fucking great song Uh, real it all meshed in together now we had that you had that idea of the Queen sound that was starting to build up you know you had the brilliant vocals the harmonised guitars, yeah, 
really good really good third album is called sheer heart attack there's actually a song called sheer heart attack which was off a later album but uh, for now the title of this album is sheer heart attack the uh, first track is the um, it's called uh, Brighton Rock which is it's funny because it starts off we got like a like fairground noises in the background da -da -da -da, and then there's this like this heavy riff building up jung 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 like real heavy guitars massive guitars and uh, again it's got that glam-esque feel to it there's a kick-ass guitar break halfway um, into the song which uh, which Brian May actually uses uh, when you watch Queen live gigs um, as I was saying about the use of delay uh, is like his main effect um, when you in in the live solo, you see, he'll play a note and then the note gets repeated. Da, 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 da. Brilliantly done. And yeah, he keeps that uh, from the song Brighton Rock. It's uh, often reused within the solos, but it's beautiful. It's be beautiful, heavy. After that comes the one that uh, the one that got them in the charts first. Uh, like big into the charts if you like is a uh, killer queen what can you say I can't bring it on you got the um see this is the awesome thing about queen was the way they utilized everything for music you got the clicking finger intro and then you got the uh, the piano uh and then the other you know the the, the drums with the bass and the guitars comes in it's a brilliant song it's a brilliant song again not the heaviest but again, like I say, Queen music just, it sounds heavy through Brian May's guitars, mostly. That's where you got that that whole, because again, it's where they layered every note. It's like they've done, the sim done similar with their, with uh, vocals. You know, again, it's that use of delay that uh, takes that one note and carries that note on and on and down and down and down. And it's, uh, yeah, really, really good. Uh, after that, you got the Tenement Funster. That's a Roger Taylor one. And again, I mean, pr I think pretty much every song, not every song, but early on, with Queen's early on albums, Roger Taylor's songs all had a big, <clears throat> excuse me, rock and roll feel to them. And uh, yeah. And again, it's got that, it's. Um, got like a swing that again that swing feel to it uh yeah yeah that's my version of swing yeah but it's good it's a good song uh after that one the song called flick of the wrist uh again that's again that's what i could say slow heavy <laughs> good speeds up song after that lily of the valley again that's like that's got that fantasy whimsical um feel to it uh with a that touch of rock and uh piano behind it uh after that another big one known by queen now i'm here and again what what tends to happen a lot 
is now I'm they'll, they'll play now I'm here uh, Queen Live they'll play now I'm they would play now I'm here and then it would the bre break off into some more crazy guitar stuff sometimes it would go into a big guitar solo and then at the end of the big guitar solo Freddie would come back in and they'd finish off the song of now I'm here and then it'd lead into the next thing or whatever they were playing but uh yeah good song after that we got in the lap of the gods and i love that song that's like one of the earliest examples of queen using like an operatic extravagant type craziness with um uh vocals and yeah it's really good it reminds me a little bit of the um it reminds me of a <clears throat> the rocky horror picture show that song <clears throat> there's a light over at the frankenstein place yeah well that, there's hints of that song around there and i know they came first because that that um the sheer heart attack was released in 74 and i don't believe the rocky horror picture show was released till later on so uh yeah <laughs> yeah but i say i'll get that touch of that to it after that is another another song which could it could again it you could you could put it you could put it next to thrash uh stone cold crazy definitely it's funny it's talking about like uh another example of early thrash by way of queen on a, on the Freddie Mercury tribute concert in 1992, Metallica were one of the acts of there, and the, that was the, the, the they actually they they done a cover of a uh, Stone Cold Crazy, so a uh, nice little in link there, yeah heavy. Let me just say it's heavy. After that, the song called Dear Friends, and it's a very slow, very somber song. Uh, I'd, st I'd still quite quite happily listen to that song. Uh, yeah. After that, it, it goes changes completely to a song called Misfire, which is very lively. And for the time, I would say it's definitely more of a pop-ish song than a lot of what else uh, Queen uh, produced. After that is a track called uh, Bring Back Leroy Brown. And th what I like about this is it's a real it's a good example of like 1950s type rock and roll almost like boulevard seaside type rock and roll and the next album i talk about after this which is my favorite queen album without a doubt uh a night at the opera there's a couple of examples of again that style of music that 50s english that 50s like english rock and roll seaside music and yeah, I like that. After that, there's a song called "She Makes Me." It's sort of that's like a that's like a love song, um, but it's a good one. And after that is a track. Another track is called "In the Lap of the Gods Revisited," and it used to be the track that Queen would finish their gig with uh, at the end of a gig, because and it's uh, it had a real gentle start with the da 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 and it slowly builds up 
it's a really good one for Freddie showing off his vocals, like the power he's got in it, and the chorus to it is in the lap of the gods. Do 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 do. Whoa whoa la la la. Ooh. I won't sing any more. Fucking hell. But yeah, but again, it's got that feel. You know, you could have your hands in the air, swinging to the side. It's um, it's almost like pre We Are the Champions. You know, which is obviously. That was the big filler. That was the big filler. That was like the uh, probably one of the first examples of what people would call a stadium rock anthem. Well, that to me is what In the Lap of the Gods Revisited is. It has that same epicness to it, which is awesome. Well, I hope you've been enjoying this on Facebook. Not Facebook. Which one is it? YouTube. YouTube. Uh... But I am going to call it a day here and uh, carry it on with, on Spotify. So if you're enjoying what you're listening and you want to hear some more about the other Queen albums I'm going to be talking about, flip on to Spotify. You'll see me there, Savage Southerner Podcast. And you can hear all the rest that I'm going to be uh, jabbering about. Uh, and the next album we're talking about is indeed A Night at the Opera. <laughs> the big one. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you'll uh, enjoy what you've... I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far. If you're a big fan of Queen like me, I hope you've been nodding along or hopefully not shaking your head at what I've been saying about the band, about the uh, album so far. And, uh, yes, I'll, uh, I'll see you on the other end. Like I say, at the moment, I haven't got any decent, decent recording equipment and I get a little bit nervy about recording, like loads in like well essentially a couple of hours you know anywhere between an hour and two hours work well anything over an hour and i'm bricking it a bit because uh i don't want my phone to fuck up on me um so yeah that's that right okay so i hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far if you have been watching this on youtube thank you you're awesome if you want to hear some more if you want to know the rest jump on over to spotify and I will see you there. Ta-da. Okay, yes, here we go on Spotify. I'm going to carry on the podcast, talking all about Queen, the albums of Queen. Yes, uh, I just finished off giving you the breakdown of Sheer Heart Attack. And now, as I, I, I said it before, I'll say it again, now is the exciting moment for me. Uh, we're going to talk all about... A Night at the Opera. Now, this was the fourth album in Queen's career, but it was the first album when they were under the management of EMI. Prior to that, they'd been management with another company. I'm not going to name names because I don't want to get anyone in trouble or, you know, whatever. But, the, yeah, basically the, the other management uh, screwed them over quite considerably. And so when they got the offer from EMI, they snapped it up. And they dedicated the first song of the Night of the Opera to uh, <laughs> this management in particular. It's called uh, Death on Two Legs. It's got this really creepy piano intro to it. And then this heavy, heavy, heavy guitar kicking into it. And I mean, when you know, when you know the story about, you know, it being dedicated to their old... Uh, <laughs> oh, management is quite funny. 
because um, Freddie Mercury wrote this one and he didn't pull any the lyrics. Something like, why does it start? Uh, you suck my blood like a leech, break the law and you breach. You scream my brain till it hurts. You've taken all my money and you want more. I won't go on, but um, as I say, this is definitely from, from the 70s. This is my favourite Queen album from the 70s. It's just—it's uh, non-stop, non-stop awesome, this album. So yeah, like I said, Death on Two Legs, very heavy. And with that wonderful, creepy piano in it as well. And yeah, once it starts, it doesn't stop. And Freddie Mercury's vocals, and you can, you can almost hear this slight venom in his voice as he's attacking. It's like he's attacking them. And it's, it's really good. Uh, next one after that, he's got Lazing on a Sunday Afternoon. Now, this to me, this is this is like got like a 1950s feel to it. I mean, not quite the same uh, breadth as you'd put the 1950s American rock and roll in, but uh, yeah, it's still it's got it's almost like fairground type music, very very lively. I think you can't help but smile when you hear the like, the little. <laughs> the little rhythms goes into it, and uh, and the, the 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 it's a beautiful example of Brian May's guitar work because again we're at we're at the stage when Queen weren't using synthesizers, uh, any 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 instrument sounds that you know that they, they they didn't have the trombone out <laughs> it was Brian May's guitar and he was creating all these weird music to it but yeah I love it it's such it's such a happy song you know. And uh, yeah, yeah, I love that song. And the next one's one of Rogers. Uh, I'm in love with my car. <laughs> now I'm, there was a an interview, a Queen interview I saw years back. Um, it was a it was a program about a night at the opera because of like you know how famous the album was. And uh, on it, um, uh, Brian May says uh, Roger would say he uh, wrote it for someone else, but we all know the truth. Roger was always a, fa- a fan of fast things, fast cars, etc., etc. And uh, but yeah, I love it. And again, typical Roger. It's got a really heavy rock and roll feel to it. Uh, again, the drum style. Is, uh, you get that swing style again with his drum patterns. I don't want to say what <laughs> time he's playing in, because I mean I talk about the drums and I love the drums and I'd love to learn how to play them. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I can't play them. I can play. I can play the Baran drum. That's <laughs> just about it. But um, you know, you know, there's plenty of time, plenty of time. But yeah, I love that kind. Again, it's really heavy. I think Roger's voice. Again, we've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again every time we hear him sing. It's got such a rock and roll voice. Um, yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Uh, next one after that, we got one of Deacons. Uh, You're my best friend. Which is basically a love song. Uh, I'd say it's as close as you'd get to say. Uh, when you say pop, poppy, pop music, you're talking about popular, as in what would get you the most hits in the charts, really. Um, but yeah, but there's some again, as light as anyone wants to make a Queen song. If Brian May's gonna be <laughs> jamming some guitar in there, it's gonna get heavy. And it is the he- the guitar in it is heavy, but yeah, it's a it's a beautiful song. And again, again, going off the documentary from a night at the opera, uh, 
to uh, Brian May's credit, it was written to uh, Brian uh, Roger. No, hang on about. I'm getting everywhere here. John. Apparently, John Deacon did indeed write it for his missus. So, yeah. Yeah, a nice song. A nice little love song. Why not? The next one, in the year of 39, this is like a folk acoustic song uh, written by Brian and sung by Brian as well, this one. And, uh, yeah, well, a lot of people may or may not know, Brian May is very much into, like, outer space. He's obviously an astrophysicist and what have you. And uh, the idea behind this song, he said it was like writing a song about uh, someone who had gone out to space, an astronaut who had then who then came back, and uh, how things were all different. And uh, again, though, uh, uh, see, this is where folk. I mean, I've I know I've talked about folk before, and folk does it doesn't get the appreciation it deserves, because folk come comes across vocally, folk can come across as really heavy, and I mean, even though Brian's obviously doesn't has the uh, the vocal range that uh, Freddie had. But still, good for what he was writing. Really good, and uh, yeah, I love that song. I love that song. Again, being a being a big, massive folk fan, yeah, I do love that song. <laughs> the next one is "Sweet Lady," and that's just a heavy song. <laughs> uh, that, that beautiful example. I love it when Queen. Some people get a little bit finicky about Queen. People in the metal community, mostly. People who like the fans of the big heavy music, and I say, well, my favourite band's always been, and always will be Queen. I often get 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 sneered at. They're like, well, oh, but I thought you liked thrash metal, and I thought you liked heavy music. It's just nice to be able to pull these cards out the back and say, there you go, Queen, Sweet Lady, because that, that that's a proper proper heavy song. Doesn't have the speed as um something like Modern Times Rock and Roll, so I wouldn't put it with thrash, but you definitely it, w- it would sit well at a heavy if you said I'm going to go to a heavy metal gig um, you wouldn't be displeased if you heard that song let's just say that because it's a good one uh, the next one is a Seaside Rendezvous again like Lazing on a Sunday off, Lazing on a sunny afternoon Sunday <laughs> Sunday <laughs> Lazing on a Sunday afternoon again you've got that uh, again it's that 50s British rock and roll seaside boulevard <laughs> music a lot of piano work in it uh, yeah a, a good song and another what what you'd say I'd put down is a happy song again I hear it I, I can't help but smile maybe it's a British thing you know <laughs> but uh, I know a lot of metalers or a lot of heavy fans of heavier music wouldn't might not have much time a day for it but it can be often nostalgic for British people because they're like, oh, you know, your, your grand and your granddad would have listened to that sort of music, you know, at the weekend by the seaside. But yeah, it's I like it. I like. It. I don't care what anyone says. I like it. Uh, after that, we're gonna we're delving into. It starts off with a like that again that fantasy whimsical, half hippie feel to it. Uh, a lot of a. Uh, Harp, harp work and acoustic guitar work. This is for the the prophet song. Well, better get the title in there. And uh, then it gets heavy. It it gets really heavy. Uh, 
there's actually like a vocal break uh, in between this song where you know example, example where, where you expect the solo big guitar solo to come in uh, there's a big like vocal improv uh, with using uh, again a, a massive use of delay in it and it's uh, yeah it's again you get that sort of like creepy otherworldly feel to it and then the pianos and the acoustic guitars and it all comes into it and uh, yeah it's a good song Def yeah, definitely one of, one of the heavier ones after that we've got a song which is taken on a life of its own uh, in the Queen live shows uh, Love of My Life that's uh, it's a love song uh, yeah I've put in me quotes here big live number uh, and it's it's beautiful it's a beautiful song Freddie Mercury wrote it for um, Mary Austin who is uh, who has I suppose anyway you look at it been the love of Freddie Mercury's life from when he met her to uh, when he tragically died what a, if you ever get the chance watch the Queen live material uh, you know with Freddie no, again no offence to Adam Lambert but you'll get the better out of it <laughs> with these versions um, because when he when it comes out Brian will bring comes Brian will come out with the acoustic, start playing a little melody, and then Freddie Mercury comes out. He'll sing the first verse of it, and the audience just take over, and it's beautiful. Proper hairs standing up on end. After that goes into a song called Good Company, which has got a sort again. It's like a fifties. I don't know if anyone could say George Formby was rock and roll, but uh, there, there, there were there were lots of different variants of rock and roll once it came out. But um, yeah, again, there's crazy use of guitars in that, uh, and that's another one that Brian sings. Um, yeah, say, so, good song, funny song, smiley smile on your face song. It's a good one. Now after that, here it is, Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, I'm going to assume you've all heard of it, and so I haven't got to say a lot, so I'll have a sip of my tea. No, let's be honest, it probably is the best song ever written. Uh, ever. As in, ever. Uh, well, what, what what can you say about that song that can't be said? It's, um, people often say, like, oh, is it one, it's not one, it's like three songs put together. It's It's just fucking amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Any way you look at it, I, I I don't know anyone who doesn't know it, and I don't know how much I want to want to know someone who doesn't know that song. No, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Uh, if if for whatever reason you haven't heard it, listen to it, because I don't think it, it's hard. Descriptions don't do that song justice. I mean, I'll put down in, on, on me quote on me little notes there. It's just in capitals. Awesome, and. Uh, I suppose I should have put down fucking awesome. That would have been a bit more accurate. So, yeah, if you haven't heard it, have a listen to it. And, uh, yeah, it's the... Well, I can give you its credentials. It was the biggest song of its time. There is... Well, I think of any time. There's never been another song like Bohemian Rhapsody. Ever. Because it does... It, I'll, I'll break it down. Go on, why not? Because it does start off really gentle, really low... Uh, there's some uh, just just vocal gentle vocals, 
piano comes in piano yeah there's a beautiful piano tune that comes in dun 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 nice and slow john dakin's bringing in a few notes on the bass dun, 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 dun. nice gentle lyrics the drums bit of light work on the cymbals and uh then it kicks in and uh yeah some heavy some guitar chugs in with it some big chords and uh yeah then there's this carries on that way there's a beautiful solo beautiful guitar solo and then from there you go into this mock operatic section which is famous well i say the whole song's famous but it's one of them it is probably everyone knows it everyone sings it uh <laughs> it's it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant they and yeah it's 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 the best song in the world ever and they finish it off with uh god save the queen that's the uh, british national anthem played on the guitar and it's the best version of it i've ever heard and uh and that is it that is a night at the opera it's an absolutely brilliant album and uh yeah so there you go that's a night at the opera i'm gonna have a swig of tea <sighs> next album is a day at the races uh first song on this is tie your mother down it's heavy it's a heavy it's a really like heavy intro it's actually the longer version of it there's like a heavy intro that goes into it this and then you hits into the main riff which is very heavy and um yeah that's that's good oh, drink my tea so yeah tie your mother down very heavy song very heavy song after that we go into you take my breath away again which i'd say it's got like fantasy vibes to it on the intro uh and um there's like some gentle piano going on which is but it's really creepy builds up <laughs> the tension in it and uh yeah it's it's a it's really well done song the vocal harmonies working along with the guitar beautiful beautiful follow up after that is a song called long away again that's a, like a folky top rock rock a folky another like folky rock song i suppose you'd call it uh got brian again on that one but it's good it's good one of my favourites off this album, uh, The Millionaire's Waltz. Again, you got that. I call it fifties <laughs> Boulevard Seaside Rock and Roll. Uh, but it, it's really good. This song, this song is fucking amazing. Um, again, again, under <laughs> in brackets, crazy guitars. Um, like a millionaire. The second verse just comes in slow. There's like a massive heavy guitar break into it. Crazy, crazy solo. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Uh, follow up that, we've got a song called You and I. Again, it's, again, I'd say it was, it's, it's as close as you'd get, I reckon, to a pop song uh, with Queen. But it's a pop song again, made heavy with the use of guitars. <laughs> Not much else you can say. Uh, 
The next one is uh, another another big one from the band, Somebody to Love. Now, a lot of people put this down as like the, call it the son of Bohemian Rhapsody because of the uh, the vocals, the the way the vocals are used in Somebody to Love. It's almost, there's like a gospel vocal break in the song. And uh, yeah, the, yeah, well, definitely the, the vocals are the selling point in this song. Definitely. Easily. And there's, um, as, I, as I talk about their use of like, um, like, we say, say like natural instruments around. There's a beautiful section where there's clap, where there's clapping, and it's building up. And then there's some like big, they you know over the top with the old gospel style vocals around from the claps, and it's it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, song after that's called White Man. It's got a slow start. It's a slow starting song, but it's heavy. And again, heavy is underlined. <laughs> and capitalised for this Uh, next after that we've got a song called Good Old Fashioned Lover Boy and again that 50s seaside (laughs) rock Um, it's a more piano more piano focused song I suppose some people might say it's a bit poppy but again it's got that 50s seaside rock to it that's cool. Next song's called Drowse. Again, slow, swing, Roger Taylor rock and roll. <laughs> Beautiful song. Beautiful song. The next one's actually like a little um, de- dedication to uh, Japan. Because uh, Queen, when they made it, as they got bigger, Queen were massive in Japan. When they went there, there was... It's, I don't think anyone's aware of the term Beatlemania it's just like an, it's an example of when you have big crazy fans that like massively into the band that they follow and uh, so they wrote this so they wrote this song uh, Tio Turiata uh, Let Us Cling Together and again it's got a piano so it's a pretty it's not a, it's not a ballad I wouldn't say it was a love song but uh, definitely more of a pop song then uh, again, if you want a, a queen a queen pop song, uh, if you like, and it does stay quite gentle, it doesn't go overly heavy at any point, I would say. But it's a nice song, and it's quite and you know, and it's a nice it's a nice nod from the band to their uh, Japanese fans. I mean, they were apparently when they went out to Japan, they were treated a bit like they were treated like rock royalty, uh, and that's that's only after. That's only after five albums into your career. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a nice little song. Right, next after that, we go looking into 1977. Uh, at this point, punk had ex- was exploded onto the world. Uh, and this is, this is a heavy album. Opening track, We Will Rock You. Now, this is... This has got the heaviest riff possibly in the world. And it is made by stamping your feet twice and then clapping your hands. Dum, dum, uh, yeah, they came up for the idea of it, of uh, making a, getting a real natural heavy sound. And, uh, well, what could be more natural than stamping your feet and clapping your hands? 
and it's a beautiful song. It is a beautiful, heavy song. Uh, very short, a couple of minutes long, this song. It's got a beautiful, heavy solo in it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just massive. And uh, it's carried, it's got a life of its own now in the world of one of the first, like, examples, you could say, of a stadium rock song. Uh, and yeah, because that's where it belongs. A lot of people have said it. You know, it gets chanted at football stadiums, uh, you know, baseball. You know, def- definitely in America. You know where they are. You know, quite big on sports. I mean, we are quite, we are fairly big on sport over here. But this is not a dig. But I know sport does take on a life of its own uh, across the seas. But yeah, why not? Beautiful song. And there's actually a fast version played of it as well because uh, they used to, once they had the song written out, it was often used as a start-up, one of their starter songs. And it was a, a speeded-up version of We Will Rock You, which is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But then later, definitely like, like a little bit later on down the line, they realised it, you know, it was a big, it was a big one to be near, near like your second to last, third to last uh, song uh, in your in your set, and yeah, brilliant song. What's following up that? We've got the follower, the 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 next stadium stadium rock song. Call it what it is. We are the champions. Now they got a little bit of hate for this song actually. Because people thought like, oh, this is just them. Like Freddie Mercury wrote, so he's just being arrogant, saying they're the. But you know, fucking, it's it's not that at all. They just happen to be the. <laughs> they just happen to be the best band <laughs> ever. Uh, but no, all joking aside. Uh, again, a big a big stadium filler, massive one. Uh, yeah, um, been taken on again. Again, it's it 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 like it, it hold. We will rock you's hand, and them two have gone and taken over, like the sporting world. Uh, as I say, definitely in America, um, yeah. But again, what a what a song, massive, massive song. Uh, and the way Mercury sings the chorus. Da 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 just my friends, and we'll. Keep on fighting. Now you heard me sort of like breaking that a bit, and I have heard this done quite a lot. Whenever I hear co- this song covered, I've noticed this. When it gets to the word fighting, uh, when Freddie Mercury sings it, he like punches the song out as one on the same like pitch to it. Fighting, fighting like that, you know. But obviously sung a lot better. And when I hear other people do it, it's uh, they, it's like they take the song and break it up into two separate pitches so they can carry it, so they can actually carry it a bit further. And that is, the, they, they sort of, it starts high and then look, the fighting, da da da. Do you see what I mean with the difference in how someone carries the note? And I mean, obviously it's it's a lot more impressive if you can carry a note in the singular pitch da 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 as opposed to da da 
because it's almost like that slight up and down da, 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 helps you get that note out a little bit easier. It's like needing like a, it's like a helping hand basically. It's like I'm like no, if we go down now, then we can go up and you know we'll be like going down the valley. So down we go, up we go. Whereas of course Freddie had the power and the chops, just you know straight line. Da, da. And uh, yeah, fucking amazing, <laughs> amazing. Uh, after that, um, there's a song, Sheer Heart Attack, of course. Not to be confused with the third album, Sheer Heart Attack, on which the song Sheer Heart Attack did not appear. But it did on News of the World. Third track in, very heavy song, very heavy song. Another, another example, I would say, of thrash from Queen. Or thrash-esque, if you want to call it that. Um, obviously, Queen never invented thrash, but they did do a nice couple of examples of thrash metal uh, before uh, Motorhead came along. And you know, in my personal opinion, you know, they that without ever intending on creating thrash metal, they did. But that's my own personal opinion. Uh, people can agree, you can disagree, but yeah, Sheer Heart Attack is a fucking great song. <sighs> Maybe they chucked in a couple of heavier ones, you know, being of the being of the era. You, I think you've got to sort of bear in mind, um, while Queen never actually went out of their way to appeal to the music of the time, because because by 1977 punk was big. It was the big thing, you know. The, the Ramones were massive, and over again over this side of the water, in uh, in the UK. The Sex Pistols were right off stratosphere important for the mu for, for for the time for the year for the punk era you know um you know they they, they were one of the prime I don't know if it, I don't I'm not going to say it's the first example because I don't know but their number one record was uh, banned from being played on the radio so irregardless of the fact it was number one. It couldn't be played on the radio because it was a song called God Save the Queen and it wasn't exactly a patriotic song. But uh, anyway, the point, yeah. So I, I don't know if Sheer Heart Attack was written with punk in mind, but whether it was or whether it wasn't, it's a brilliant song. The next song is a very slow, somber ballad. It's a song called All Dead. Uh, it's another Brian song. <laughs> yeah, I love that title. Yeah, it's called All Dead. Everyone's dead. No, no, but but again, it's uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I ain't got a problem with that song. Um, after that, we'll follow up with a song called Spread Your Wings, which is almost I would say like a ballad, maybe a power, maybe a power rock song, if you like, a power or a power ballad. Like one of those, like, <laughs> it's like the message in it is life changing. Uh, well, you know, here it always is the chorus spread your wings and fly away. Fly away, far away. Pull yourself together. But yeah, it is. It's sort of like you get that feeling from it. Uh, there is, you, it's one of those songs you could listen to that song, and let's say you were like really low. Or whatever in your life, or you had an idea, but you didn't really have quite the enthu—well, the uh, 
I want I want well the enthusiasm to get going. You could hear a song like that, and it's sort of like, why not? Let's do it. Spread your wings. Let's get out there. Let's you know, kick life up the arse a bit, and let's let's do it. Uh, but again, it does that without being a heavy song. Uh, so yeah, I like that song. Next song we've got got our Roger back. And there is one funky bass intro on this. And what happens to it? It's one of Roger's songs. What happens to it? It blends into a rock and roll <laughs> guitar <laughs> song. Oh. And, and again, in that background there, yeah, I mean, the guitar and that's... Hey, you boy. Hey you, hey you boy, think that you know what you're doing. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> this is this is going to be a long enough episode without me breaking into song every other every other time. But yeah, brilliant song. Uh, following after that, we've got a bit of a bit of a naughty, risque title. Get down, make love. Uh, a heavy song. Very heavy song. It's actually covered by Nine Inch Nails, if my memory serves me correct. Uh, but yeah, it's a heavy song. There's some, cr- there's a crazy guitar solo in this. Uh, there's a, a lot of bass, a lot, a lot of bass used in this song. And uh, yeah, heavy, heavy song, heavy song. Next song, it'd be Sleeping on the Sidewalk. Now. I did touch on it before how Queen haven't really done what you would call the classical rock and roll structured song, you know, being like blues structured solo y type song. Or you know, blues scales song. But uh with this one again, this is another one that was. This is another song Brian's singing, but it's got it's bluesy. It's got that it's, it's a proper like rhythm and blues style song, but again, it's Brian playing. It is heavy, heavy bluesy song. Yeah, it's it's good, and again, it it has a it's proper in my proper R and B R and B. See, to me, R and B stands for rhythm and blues. It always has, and it always will. It has been. It often gets used to describe more of a um, soul. I think I'd say, uh, funky rap, soul-based music. But for me, R and B will always be your proper examples of like rhythm and blues. And sleeping on the sidewalk has that. Like I say, it's it's very, very. I mean, if it's if it's not a pentatonic scale used, it's its cousin. You know, it's really really bluesy but it is played with a beautiful rhythm and yeah it's it's brilliant what more do you want uh this next song's what what have i put down here is the notes salsa style tango flamenco style guitar mexican salsa I'll offend someone with all the examples I've put in here. But it is. It, 
I mean, is it a love song? It's called Who Needs You? <laughs> is it a reversal love song? But uh, it it is, again, it does. It, ha- it has that, like, um, what's the word? Spanishy. Spanishy, that's not a word, is it? Goodness. Um, I don't know. I don't, I'll say the wrong word, because that's, that's normally happens. But again, it's got that, uh, yeah, that almost like a tango, and it does. It has that flamenco style, bit of flamenco guitar in it, which I love. I do love a bit of flamenco guitar. Um, it's a shame I can't play it. <laughs> After that, we go into a heavy song called It's Late. Now, it starts nice and slow. Nice and slow. Uh, so almost re- reminds me a bit of uh, Lap of the Gods. Slow. And then it gets heavy. It's got a basic chord structure. Big chorus. A loud chorus. And there is some heavy guitar to it. But yeah. Oh, beautiful song. Beautiful. Beautiful heavy. I know I say the word beautiful a lot. Beautiful to me covers gentle music, heavy music, folk music, good music, beautiful music. So, yeah. After that, my melancholy blues. And I've... Uh, <laughs> My description for this song, if anyone's curious, a drunk at the piano blues. Because <laughs> again, it's it's a really slow song. Again, again, Mercury's singing it, so it could be anything, couldn't it? <laughs> Brilliant vocals. Da 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 da. And then this comes in, yeah. So it starts with like some just open open clear vocals and then the piano blends in with it there's a bit of bass got that slow real bluesy feel to it and it's a beautiful song (laughs) there we go again that word again ladies and gentlemen beautiful well do you know what it is so I don't care what anyone says if it's a beautiful song I'm going to call it a beautiful song moving on we're going to go to the album Jazz uh, this song got them quite famous. <laughs> uh, the album uh, cover. Not necessarily the cover. The album insert. Which uh, I'll explain when we get to the song. Uh, opening song on this is a song called Mustafa. And it's very heavy. Um, <laughs> maybe nods into Freddie Mercury's Persian uh background but it's very heavy <laughs> the vocals on this are awesome the beginning of it is really catches you off guard da 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 and then this this like this bass and drum and then it kicks in and yeah it's good it's heavy and that's it next song fat bottom girls <laughs> Love it. You'd never get a song like that nowadays, would you? Cole, could you imagine it? Of everyone you know, screaming on the internet. You can't do a song like that. It's obist. It's a this, it's a that. But this is a great song. I don't care what anyone says. It's a brilliant, massive, heavy rock and roll song. 
uh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm not going to put it any other way because that's what it is. Uh, song following that, a song called Jealousy. And uh, I would, I'd put that down as a slow ballad. Uh, good. It takes a lot for me to say that a Queen song isn't really good, uh, being a big fan. There are examples. Um, I didn't even want to really do uh, one of the albums that's coming up because it's not a, it's not really a good album and uh, not my scene. But no, on the whole, and it's good. Uh, and again, but it's it's the way they carry them. The Queen's style of music is essentially, and that doesn't matter what they say. You're gonna have some fucking great vocals. And sooner or later, some fucking awesome guitar. And you're going to have a song that is well-structured, well-put-together. And, alright, it's not going to be the heaviest on the album if you like heavy music. It's not going to be the poppiest on the album if you like pop music. Queen are always going to be, in my opinion, directed more at a rock audience. Uh, that can be from, like, you know, yeah. You're more gentle rock and rollers, you know, uh, up to your big thrash metal fans. Uh, not sure about doom metal or anything like that, you know. When it, when it, when it reaches that burning churches metal, <laughs> I'm not sure if they'd take to it. But I think they'd still like Bohemian Rhapsody. If their hand on their heart, they'd like Bohemian Rhapsody. So, Jealousy was a slow ballad. Yeah, moving on. Bicycle Race. Now, again, this, I would say, is a heavy rock um, song. It's got awesome solos. Awesome solos. With, like, it's got bells on it. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, I've put the lyrics down as what? Biting. And that is how I would say they are. The way the lyrics come out, they're, like, snatching at you. Similar-ish to Death on Two Legs, uh, in the way that the lyrics are always being attacking like you say black I say white you say bark I say bite you say jaws I say hey man jaws was never my scene and I don't like Star Wars you know really punches the lyrics at you and then of course there is the video <laughs> oh it's it's, it's funny because I know what's coming for the video for Bicycle Race Queen borrowed Wembley Stadium they got a lot 30 plus naked women on bicycles cycling around Wembley Stadium now <laughs> as I was saying about the uh, album insert uh, why this album got out of, well nowadays it just wouldn't get done would it uh, <laughs> at all but yeah, in the album insert was a picture of all these naked women on bikes. <laughs> it's just sort of like, you know what? That that that's rock and roll. <laughs> that's rock and roll. Oh dear, could you imagine anyone pulling that off nowadays? You know, doing a music video <laughs> of naked women cycling around Wembley Stadium. Jesus, I love it. I love it. That's. Oh, God, that's going to smile on my face all day, that. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and uh, as like all 
brilliant stories it's true <laughs> oh i love it all right next after that uh i'd say this has got more of a poppy feel to it if you can't beat them join them again there's uh but again there there are heavy rock moments in it but uh yeah it's very upbeat uh and it's and it's a good song good song poppy feel upbeat yeah that's that's, that's my comments on it rock uh, following that, got a song called "Let Me Entertain You," and that is heavy, a heavy rock song. That's about about all you could say. Uh, follow from that, we got "Dead on Time." It's a heavy rock song, uh, but it is also a bit. It's a bit more upbeat than "Let Me Entertain You." That, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's a heavy song. It's a rock song, but it is also a bit more upbeat than uh, uh, standard heavy rock songs that you might call. In Only Seven Days, that's the next song. It's a ballad. It's a gentle ballad. Uh, song after that, we've got a song called Dreamer's Ball. Heavy, <laughs> slow, blues riff. But awesome. Uh... Next song after that is Fun It. Fun It. Which I do believe... I do believe that's Roger. If it's not Roger, it's definitely got a lot of Roger in it. Can't you see? I think it's Roger. I think it might be. But I know it's awesome. It's got like a disco beat to it. It's like a mixture of rock and roll, and they've got that disco beat. Maybe early signs that Queen might have something involved, disco-y possible, with disco-y type vibes. And we'll uh, talk about all that. But yeah, funny. I swear it's got... If it's not got Roger Taylor doing the, the lead vocals on that, then they're shared with Freddie. But um, I swear Roger does the vocals on that. But I listened to that album quite a long time ago. I listened to all these albums and compiled this. So it's sort of like, what does that sound like? Because, you know, I've had to go through like 13-odd albums. But it's all been fun. But anyway, following up, Leaving Home Ain't Easy. That's a slow song. That's like a rock ballad. Uh, got Brian on the vocals. And, uh, yeah, not much else to say about that. I mean, obviously, so a lot of Queen songs that might be close to my heart I'll uh, jabber on about more than others. Some of them, like Bicycle Race, might have a bit of a interesting background. Uh, but a lot of these, a lot of the songs, I'm just giving you like little notes that I've made to give you a heads up. Uh, so that's leaving home easy. Don't stop me now. Oh, again, I, I add that that that's like an old school piano based rock song. Uh, again, more poppy has a more poppy feel, but again, when when Brian May plays that solo in this song, it's a big one. It is a big one. It's almost like well, sometimes you feel like they've gone right. This song's really quite more poppy than some of our heavier stuff, but we don't want to change it. Get Brian in, Brian. Put your beer down and play a solo for us, would you? Make it heavy. And, uh, yeah. 
good. Uh, the follow-up for this one is a song called More of That Jazz. And this is Roger. I know this one's Roger. This is a Roger. It's rock and roll. It's got beautiful uh, lead to it, the guitar lead. Uh, wonderful. And uh, at the end of it, it compiles all the previous songs that have been before it. So you get little you know, like snippets of every other song. And uh, yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. Right, well, that was jazz. Moving on to the next album, which is The Game. And uh, there's a couple of uh, snippets on this song, on this album. But we'll, uh, we'll take them one at a time. Play The Game. Again, I, I'd say that's, like a, that's a poppy rock song. But again, it's good. There's actually a moment, for, again, for a poppy song, there is like a, there's a quite a heavy guitar break. Again, for what people would say is more of a pop-based rock song. But it's still awesome. After that, the next song is called Dragon Attack. Now, if anyone plays bass guitar or is learning and wants to have like a, a riff to uh, chunk away at, this is a good one. This is good. It's got a really funky bass to this. Almost sort of like disco rock. You know, so if you wanted to blame them, because, you know, whether you do or don't like, you know, strict disco music, it does have... what One thing disco does have, I'll give it credit where it's due, it normally does have a pretty good bass line in it. And uh, this one in Dragon Attack, but again, it is also heavy. It's like... Heavy disco song, well, heavy disco um, uh, bass. Anyway, yeah, beautiful. Now we are going to go onto the song which pretty much uh, cemented Queen as the biggest band of all time. At the moment, the moment this next song went platinum, or triple platinum, or whatever the flip it was. I think uh, I think Brian May said he knew that at that split second in time, Queen were the biggest thing globally. And it's the truth. And this is another one, Bites the Dust. Again, this is where you got... A, I'd say Dragon Attack had hints of, like, disco-y type rock. Of course, another one, Bites the Dust, that had huge disco vibes to it. But what can you say? dum 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 Massive song. Absolutely massive song. And, uh, yeah, as I say, it, uh, it, it, not, it, it took them. It took them bigger than they'd ever been before. And at that, and at that moment in time, they were untouchable, uh, in the rankings of rock bands. Anyway, moving on. Next was like a, more of a, more of a poppy rock song. Maybe, maybe, maybe poppy rock and roll type song called uh, "Need Your Loving." Do 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 do. But it's a it's a good one. It's a good one. Next one, another one which uh, gave them kudos from America. It's a song called "Crazy Little Thing Called Love." Now this is definitely more American style fifties rock and roll. Um, even played on a Telecaster to give it that real twang sound uh, brilliant absolutely fucking brilliant and again because it is 
a song, a, a style which people would associate totally with America, early American rock and roll. It was a, it was a big fan. It was a big one for them over the seas. Uh, Follow off that. We've got a song called Rocket, as in rock, and then it separate words. Uh, there's a bit of Freddy vocal intro to it. I want to say that's um, Roger again, vocals. Do, do, do. I think it is. I know it's a good song. Uh, the next song is called Don't Try Suicide. <laughs> and funnily enough, it's actually quite upbeat. <laughs> Don't try suicide, nobody's worth it. Don't try suicide, nobody cares. <laughs> it's good, it's good. Uh, why am I laughing? I, I, I'm laughing probably because it's so upbeat. You know, you've got lyrics like Don't Try Suicide and they've made it into like a bouncy, you know, clap-along song. Uh, there's a following song, Sail Away, Sweet Sister. I would say that, that that's like a ballad. Very soft. But it is and it isn't because it the, 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 the song is carried the verses are carried on like a soft blanket. It's nice and gentle. It's very uh, And then the chorus kicks in. And uh, this is this is Brian on vocals. And it's a big chorus. It is a big chorus. Uh, following that, there's a song called "Coming Soon." Which again, that's again, I'd say it's like an upbeat, upbeat rock and roll pop song. <laughs> nice blend. Yeah, it's a good song, that one. Like I say, I mean, I've got more stories about some of these songs than I have others. You know, I'm not going to say every single Queen song in the world is my favourite, because it's not true. And you do, you know, I think everyone has that with any type of music, with any band. We've all got that one song. We've all got our favourite band, and we've all got that one song that we know more than that you know some people might say no no did so and so do that song it sounded nothing like this one but you know what I mean you know what I mean. and uh, we finish off with a big massive rock ballad Save Me which is a beautiful song it's a beautiful song that is all I can say now this one is difficult because, yeah, this is the album that uh, kind of took a step. I think Queen, I think they took a step too far from the rock-based uh, music. I mean, like I say, I mean, you've heard me re- reeling through some of these soft rock, ballad rock, upbeat R&B, upbeat rock and roll, pop, 50s rock, British rock, American rock. <laughs> There's normally been a bit of rock somewhere. But on this next album, there there isn't really that much, if I'm honest. Um, <sighs> hot space. All right, hot space. Now, because uh, the story behind this is quite simple, because another one bites the dust, broke Queen in America. I mean, it took off because it took off so massive. 
there was a little bit of carrying away. I think Freddie Mercury, Freddie possibly more than the others, got a little bit carried away with taking a disco-type route. And the first few songs here, I've, I've put, I've just put disco all along them. And if I'm honest, I don't really like them that much. Uh, Staying Power, disco-based song. Dancer, disco-based song. Back Chat, uh, the same. Body Language, oh, I really don't like that one. Action This Day, aha, this one's heavy. It's still a disco song, but I will give it its due. It is heavier than the others. And uh, it's just a nice... <laughs> sit through that album, when I hear that, when that song came up, I was like, what, what? A bit different, it's a bit heavier. So, yeah. Uh, now, the next one, I think I would say, is that it's the heaviest song on the whole album. And... Is it the best? Possibly. Possibly. It's a song called Put Out the Fire. And yeah, I've, I've just said, well, it's heavy. It's a heavy, proper rock song, which is nice. Uh, the next song is called Life is Real, which is sort of like, it's Beatles-esque. Again, again where we're, we're so far we've only really had one proper rock album on this, one proper rock song, sorry, on this album. Uh with the exception of action this day which again it's it's heavy but it's still very got that this it's heavy but you got the disco vibes after four songs which pretty much i would put down in the disco category so it does it does stand out a bit different it does stand out from the others but and even though it's beatlesque life is real i think it was actually a tribute to john lennon but yeah, it's it's a lot more it's a lot more easy to sit through than the other than the other albums. The other albums, um, the other songs, which, as I say, are very heavily disco based. Next song, "Calling All Girls." I would say it's a heavy pop song. Uh, you got "Los Parabras de Amor." Um, the words of love, and I would say that's a heavy, that's a heavy pop song again. Beautiful guitar work in that. Beautiful guitar work in that one. Song called "Cool Cat," which I think got well, well. What did I put down here? I can't. I can hardly read my own writing. I put down reggae, disco. So again, again, it's obviously got chunks. It's obviously got the disco vibes in it, because otherwise I wouldn't have written disco next to it. But yeah, it is what it is. Not the best, but there you go. And we finish off that album with drum roll, under pressure. Now that was, of course, the duet done with Mr. David Bowie. And it is a brilliant song. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I mean, if anyone's heard it, you can't really say it's not a good album. The vocal work on that. I mean, obviously, they were probably... You could probably... Um, Bowie and Mercury trying to outdo each other on the vocals. Maybe, maybe not. 
but it's absolutely amazing. I mean, at one point, Freddie Mercury reaches a note so high, you'd have to like, get up the Himalayas to find it. Brilliant song. Really powerful. I think Put Out the Fire is probably still my favourite song off that album, because uh, of the heaviness in it. Uh, but, again, I'll, I'll take nothing away from Under Pressure. That's that's a brilliant song. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, I actually missed one. I skipped one. I can't believe I did it. This, I'm not sure if this came out after. I think it came out after Jazz. After the Jazz album. And that is, of course, the entire soundtrack to Flash Gordon, the film Flash Gordon. And I don't care what anyone says. Is it cheesy? Yeah. Has anyone seen the film? <laughs> but, you know, they they done the whole soundtrack, the absolute whole soundtrack, as in every single sound. And I think it's a great album <laughs> for that reason. And a little funny note, obviously in that in the Flash Flash Gordon film, there is a wedding scene, and the wedding march is of course played by Brian May on the guitar. And when I got married, um, we walked down the down. Well, it wasn't really down the aisle. We weren't in a like a proper big church church, but we walked down what is essentially the aisle to Brian May playing the wedding march. Uh. And it had to be done. And I mean, yeah, there's only really a couple, so like, only really the one main song from that. And that is, of course, uh, Flash Gordon's song. Uh, but there is a heavier version of it done called, uh, I think they call it, Fla I think it's called Flash to the Rescue. And that's at the very end of it. And it's, uh, again, it's, it's a really heavy version of it with a couple of new new lyrics chucked in there. Ah. Uh, and it's uh, it's a brilliant version of it. If you've only heard the Flash Gordon song, it's a great song anyway. But I implore you to go and listen to uh, Flash. As I say, I believe it's called like Flash Gordon to the Rescue or something like that. It's called. But it is. It's the Flash Gordon song with some really heavy kick-ass drums and guitar added into it, and Mercury really really wails on some vocals on that. If you feel like you ain't nobody, dun, 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 I won't do any more. <laughs> let's just say it's fucking brilliant. Anyway, let's get back to the continuity in the right time frame. After Hot Space came was, I think, a big saving grace for Queen. Like I say, there, there was a little bit of a uncertainty about the Hot Space album. A lot of the directions that were taken in towards the disco route. But I think they clearly made up for it with the next album, which is The Works. And what I love, I, I love this album because there isn't one of the songs off this. Again, it's like 50s rock and roll, you know, seaside-esque song. But I'll, it's not, yeah, but, but just hearing it reminds me so much of um, A Night at the Opera. But we'll, uh, we'll run through the track listeners as they are. First track, a big one for them, Radio Gaga, written by Roger Taylor, and uh, that's a good song. Uh, well, how, how would you put that he was singing about? All we hear is Radio Gaga. Uh, 
but it's a great song. If you listen to the lyrics, um, sit alone and watch your light, my only friend through teenage nights. You made them cla- cl- made them laugh. You made them cry. You made us feel like we could fly. And I, I do. I love that. And like, it could almost be like it's about a, a person just, you know, you know how much music can affect people and touch people emotionally. You know, we've all got that one song. And uh, just to, you know, think that in that case, your your radio can be your best friend in your in the lo- in your lonely hours, your lonely time. But uh, yeah, it's a beautiful song. <laughs> After that, we'll uh, we got tear it up by uh, by Brian May that one, and that's a it's as heavy as it sounds. <laughs> yeah, and again, it's it, I mean again, it's another it's a big example of how how well Freddie Mercury's voice suited rock, because that is a heavy song. It's not like a thrashy one, it's not like speed heavy, but it is a big, heavy rock song. And again, the lyrics, uh, the the vocals in it, again, that's another version, another good example of, I'd say, getting the lyrics punched at you. And, uh, yeah, I love that song. After that, it's a song called It's a Hard Life. Um... I suppose you could say it's a ballad. Hard life to be two lovers together. Love and live forever in each other's hearts. Yeah, yeah. I suppose maybe you could put it in a ballad form if you like. I suppose it would be considered more more of a pop-esque, more of a radio-friendly, I suppose, for the time. I mean, the 80s were good for, like, radio music, though. You know, you still had decent music being pumped out quite a lot. Here's a, here's, here's a, be- here's a good song. And the next one is Man on the Prowl. Now, this is the one I was talking about. It's sort of like, it brings me, take, takes me back to the, the Night of the Opera album of the old 1950s English rock and roll seaside type music. And that's a good song. I love it. Again, it, the good thing about that sort of rock and roll, as I said before, it's just so happy you know and uh yeah you know a lot of us could imagine like you know like people you know in in the in the in the original classic like dance halls that you know brought that came around in the 50s load of people you know doing the dances to this Ah, that's a great song after that you got uh, machines or back to humans which was a co-written song between Mr. Brian May and Roger Taylor, and it's good. It's really good. Um, I mean, in in the world we live now, you know, I mean, the world is pretty much run by machines. Um, <laughs> no, that's a really good song, and it's funny because it's got a, it has got a real like mix of like synthesizers and classic like rock style, no synthesizers. <laughs> Uh, mixed into it, I remember I saw, there's a, there's a drum feel. Oh, there's a vo- a vocal break leading up to the chorus for this song, and again it's hats off to Mercury on it, because again he's singing in a higher pitch. The, the the way he delivers the vocals, it's like again it you it remind again it's um reminds me a little bit of Bicycle Race just in the way that the lyrics are being like punched up it's like each one's like a smack in the face and whoa yeah it really really kicks him well there's also a drum fill somewhere in there which um 
That sat sounded rubbish, didn't it? It's better than, have a listen to the song and you'll hear a very cool drum fill, which is a lot better than me trying to sing it. Oh dear. The next one was a big, big, massive song. Uh I Want to Break Free. Yeah, one of John Deacon's numbers. And yeah, it's got that, that poppy feel to it. It was actually written the original single, but you hear this on the album. There was no guitar solo. All that changed when it got played live. I think Brian May uses a, a slide on it to like replicate the uh, the sounds on the synths and whatnot that the uh, that's uh, done on the um, original recording. And obviously, it's famous for the band dressing up in drag for um, the majority of the that song. Uh, the Yanks didn't take too kindly to it. Uh, they didn't understand the uh, British humour to it. They did. They liked the uh, rock and roll, very heterosexual. Uh, again, uh, this is from a, um, a documentary I watched. Uh, it was Roger Taylor saying that um, the Americans weren't too sure how to react to uh, that, a rock band dressing up in drag. Uh, and of course it became like a freedom song for in South Africa the anti-apartheid regime well to deal with I know what was going on there in the time yeah it was a big big number for them I think the band used to come out on stage uh, well Mercury used to come out like you know wearing the wig and the fake boobs and what have you and I do believe there was a case where he'd done this at one of their uh, gigs in South Africa and the audience didn't take too kindly to it it was like you know it was like someone you know taking the piss out of what was for them now a, f a freedom song uh, but uh, they, that, that got dealt with, that got passed through uh, got keep passing the open windows that's definitely more poppy than anything else still a good song though it's not one of those ones where I'm heading my hands going oh I don't know about that because I'll still listen to it and like it fuck them Got a big one after that, big one of May's, Hammer to Fall. Da -da -da. Yeah, that's a massive, massive, big, heavy, big, heavy rock number. That's pretty much what I can say about it. It's a big, heavy rock song. And it's it's, it's a belter as well. And the last track, and there's only nine tracks on this album, this was a one-off rarity as far as I'm aware, definitely up to this point. It was a song co-written between Freddie Mercury and Brian May. It's a song called Is This The World We Created? Which is like, um, it's, it's an acoustic. It, it, I wouldn't quite go so far as to say it was folk. Um, but lyrically, it could be seen into, you know, be, be blended into folk. But um, it's more of it's more of like a really soft, uh, maybe put maybe put ballad in the way. I, I, maybe put ballad in the, in the description of it. I mean, well, well, I'll just pull it down to being a fucking great song. It's a, it is a very soft song. Uh, I suppose you can have a stab in the dark and guess what it's about. Um, the lyrics are about, you know, well, it's just the, well, what uh, people are doing to the world. And um, so I suppose it's hippie-ish. Maybe that gives it a folk vibe. It gives it a folk vibe. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yet, yet again... Uh, uh, a fucking great song. It reaches a point where, as I, I'm, I'm giving break, I'll, I'll give breakdowns of the songs, 
But um, a lot of, I think, nine times out of ten, <laughs> what can you say? Um, it's Queen, and in my opinion, <laughs> majority fucking great songs. Uh, but yeah, that's that. So um, anyway, moving on, next album. And it's another soundtrack. It is the album A Kind of Magic. Now, this was, this is like, I think it's like, a, I'd say it's like 90% the soundtrack of the film Highlander, which I think is an awesome film. Full stop, you know, lots of sword fighting. And it's got music supplied by Queen, so top that. And there's got some, there's a couple of really heavy songs on this, which I like. I like the fact that my Queen may have got a bit lighter than they were in the past. They've still kept that edge. And uh, <laughs> no pun intended, as there's swords in this film. But uh, anyway, cracking on, we start off with One Vision. That's a big, big rocket number, if you've heard it or not. And obviously, well, infamously, the line ends on fried chicken. I don't know if that was just a little cock up in the uh, thing, or is there something they decided to do off the cuff, sing, gimme, 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 gimme fried chicken. It's rhymes with rump, One Vision, I suppose. But, uh, no, big, heavy, rocky number anyway. After that, oh, it's a, a kind of magic. <laughs> Obviously, the, the, there is a quote from the film when uh, one of the characters gets, the main character gets shot. This is like during the Second World War. And he, uh, he he's saving this girl while he does it. And she's, well, see, she sees him alive. She's like, How are you alive? And he goes, hey, it's kind of magic. And then carries on. That, my, I don't care how cheesy that sounds. This, this film's good. Uh, and the song's good. Next one, you know, this is a love ballad. Uh, if you want to put a Queen love ballad, this should come like off the cuff straight away. One Year of Love. It's a nice song. Nice and gentle. You know, one of those ones you might listen to if you're feeling a little bit, a little bit hum with the world. But it's a good song. Uh, Pain is so close to pleasure. Comes after that. I like that. <laughs> it's... it's I don't know where you'd put it. I mean, it's more poppy than the rest of the stuff on the album, but uh, still, still a good song. It's not bad. It's not. It's. I'd say it's not bad enough for me to consider it a bad song. You know, we we haven't reached the levels of uh, the Hot Space album yet. Uh, after that, you got Friends Will Be Friends. Oh, I love that song. That song reminds me of my hometown of Southampton I had um, I didn't have obviously I had loads and loads of friends but I did have a I, I had like a group like a big like a fairly bigish group of friends and uh, yeah yeah without getting too soppy I've I'll, I'll, I'll go so far as to say that I love them you know and uh, yeah I hear that song it reminds me of my friends and it's a uh, it's a brilliant song wonderful guitar work in it as well uh, after that, this next song. Oh, this this song is this song is beyond beautiful. Uh, the the video done for the song, the arrangements of the song, the the musical arrangement, the vocal arrangement, everything. Uh, Who wants to live forever? And uh, in the scene when that song is playing, uh, in the in the film, so it is. 
hauntingly beautiful tear tear to the eye and uh what a solo in there as well the guitar wise that it was like that's, that's one of my top brian may solos in that and it's oh the power uh, again another thing about uh mercury's vocals it's just so fucking powerful after that one we've got <laughs> i love this one give me the prize heavy heavy let's just say this song's fucking heavy and call it a day there is a again talking about brian may's guitar work there is a blistering shredded so like intro to this song and uh after that is this real heavy <laughs> riff and uh yeah it's just it's just a really heavy song uh yeah borderline heavy metal i'd say that's like a borderline heavy metal song uh but good fucking <laughs> good song after that one we got is don't lose your head uh yeah i love that it's got a um it's got a real driving rhythm to it uh a lot of that's um a bit of a uh, bit of the old synth but uh yeah great song don't lose your head hear what i say yeah yeah i love that and uh, the next one the last one again only nine only nine tracks on this album uh the uh, main theme song from highlander princes of the universe now this song is fucking amazing another heavy one really heavy one uh, the music video for Prince of the Universe is uh, somewhat iconic as well. Now, as I've said before about Brian May's uh, guitar, the, um, the the infamous Red Special, the fireplace, the old lady, the uh, <laughs> the handmade guitar that he's been play that he's played like every single song recorded on it, electric wise excluding i think crazy little thing called love which was played on a telecaster but other than that i mean there was one video um play the game the video play the game for, for i don't know why but brian may was uh looked to be uh playing on a oh, it looked like a, a strat a stratocaster style guitar i think it was sunburst i think it was a sunburst Straton, stratocast style guitar you know well, in this video, and it's the first time I've seen this type of guitar as well, he is playing, and I say, for a heavy song, the guitar of choice for this video, I think, was very, very well well made. And it is a Jackson uh, Randy Rhodes signature guitar. Um, I could, I'll probably talk about Randy Rhodes on another podcast when I talk about some of my most influential guitarists. They're... <laughs> That'll be a long podcast, that one. But um, yeah, his um, his Gibbs. What made makes his Jackson uh, different from other Jacksons? Jack Jackson had a flying V, a V shape um, body to it. Uh, I think Gibson got there before them, but Jackson were famous for their um, flying Vs. Uh, the Randy Rhodes um, signature. One of the wings is a bit squashed, a bit smaller than the other, and uh, 
And again, I mean, that plus Jackson's, the famous Jackson headstock, which is like a pointy, um, it's like a point um, to it, like a sharp edge point. It's a beautiful headstock, beautiful guitars. I've got a, um, a Jackson JS, JS30, Randy Rhodes uh, JS30. And uh, yeah, it's um it's a signature based off the shape of the guitar, the shape, the the squashed V, um, made famous by Randy Rhodes, who was a phenomenal fucking guitarist. Um, and yeah, it's a very they've all I think Jackson have always been a, a well like a like they're the they're the heavy metalists <laughs> choice. <laughs> Along with a couple of others, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna start chucking out every guitar maker name for you. I've already given you Jackson, so. <laughs> but yeah, and and that another cool thing about that video, is uh, the guy who plays the, uh, the main character in that film, who plays the character of the Highlander, uh, McLeod. That's that's not Angus, Connor, Connor McLeod, Connor McLeod. That's the main. A character in it as an actor called Christopher Lambert. Well, he actually shows up in the music video for Prince of the Universe, but he turns up with like the sword. It's it's like a samurai-based sword, uh, based off the design of a samurai. It's got like this dragon uh, handle to it. Oh, very iconic, very iconic. Now, you go on like um, websites and that for buying like replica movie uh, swords. And uh, it's normally up there. It's normally up there. And uh, of course, Freddie Mercury, famous for only using half a mic stand. Him and uh, Christopher Lambert have a little bit of a standoff, which is uh, oh, it's, it's just such a brilliant video. It's such a brilliant song. But yeah, yeah, that's um, that's a kind of magic. So we'll go. Moving along to the next album on the list, which is The Miracle. Yeah, list. When's this one? 89. Right, yeah. The, the Miracle. Brilliant album. Really crazy cover um, on this. It's uh, all four band members' faces sort of like blurged into one great big head. <laughs> it's it's little, the little things that sometimes stick out, you know. Right, stuck off the back, we got a song called Party, which actually starts sort of like a bit pop-esque, but it doesn't take long. The guitars kick in, and then boom! Let's get the party started. Um, you know, the next track two sort of blends in from track one. to a song called uh, Kashugi's Ship. It's a heavy song. <laughs> it's just a, it's a heavy song. I don't know what else to say about it. Right, the miracle. This has got the again the the video for this was really big at the time for the time. They basically got they got four kids to be like the four younger versions of the band uh, throughout the years as well. So you, they had um them in like the gear they were wearing in the seventies. Then they had the, the gear like later on in the eighties and uh, a quite famous. Um, uh, Freddie Mercury's famous yellow shirt that he wore at uh, Wembley in '86. The, the, the kids coming out wearing the same clothes. It's a it's, it's a good song. 
It's a good video. It's a good song as well. Uh, yeah, not a, I wouldn't say a light song. So uh, he heavy, but not crazy heavy. Sort of like sort of like light heavy song. Uh, in the rock, a light rock song. Uh, but the next one is a real kick in the face rock song. I want it all. Uh, it's, I love this song. This is one of my favourites. Beautiful. There's uh, two different, um, well, they're not different versions, really, but there's some, like, guitar bits. There's extra guitar bits on the uh, album version than what you get on the uh, single version, which has been edited down, little bits here and there. Obviously, the album version, the, the version with the most guitar is the better version. But, no, they're both good. They're both good, really. And, again, uh, at this point now, like you say, we're talking 1989. Two years later, Freddie Mercury did, of course, die. Um, and when people could, you could see, he's looking the videos from uh, uh, from well, any videos from the Miracle album onwards. I mean, we'll be talking more about that when I talk about the next album. But again, I think it's, it's just it was little things that we're noticing now. I mean, physically, Freddie Mercury was looking. Starting, starting to look a bit different, you know. I'll say he was never, never a large. It wasn't exactly large man, but he was always, um, definitely throughout the 80s. Anyway, he was well built, you know, when he started working out. Um, but uh, yeah, you slightly see the weight starting to drop off him a bit around this time. Anyway, the next song, <laughs> the next song is an 80, a very much a very 80s song. Uh, it's called the Invisible Man. It's uh, it's got this this real like poppy type bass riff, but uh, again, a great one to learn if you uh, if you want to tinkle around with a bass guitar. And that's got a crazy solo on it as well. It's just a fast solo. I wouldn't say it was heavy in the sense of heavy. Like you imagine, like a really heavy rock solo. It's just really crazy fast, sort of like um, yeah. Well, just just sort of like crazy fast, as I just said. But uh, no, it's good. You go, you can feel as well how he's ripped it out of like one note. A lot of bending and craziness over the one note, but still good, well played. And in the video, he's a. Uh, He's on a skateboard when he does it. Brian May sort of like puts the weight down on the bottom end of the skateboard. So, you know, <laughs> the skateboard's like pointing in the air as he's ripping the solo. It's a, it's a good song now. Uh, next one, which they, uh, they went on a train for the video on this one. Uh, the band like rocking on the top of a train as the train's th thundering along, matching up with the bass line in this do-do-do-do-do-do. Uh, song's called uh, Breakthrough. Uh, that's that's a really heavy song. Again, I mean, yeah, I mean, c come through the eighties, there was songs of the later on that sounded very eighties. I'd say this one did, as I say, the miracle. There's a lot of songs on here that you're thinking that's an eighties song, but it's still so heavy. I mean, the guitar work on Breakthrough, again, I think it's one of those cases where Brian might have been thinking this is this is quite poppy. I'm gonna rip the guitar on this one, and it's a brilliant song. Brilliant song. I'd still put it in with rock. I say, eighties rock. It wasn't all, you know, big hair metal, you know, or uh, big massive long ballads. You, uh, you did it. You, sometimes you, you got somewhere caught in between. 
and uh, or you've got something crazy like Breakthrough or The Invisible Man <laughs> uh, yeah so awesome following on we've got Rain Must Fall uh, that that's more of a pop song I would say that yeah, I'd definitely put that down as more of a pop song uh, again you've got your got your insert the inserts of rock so I think the thing is Queen would they were always there I mean this is why I think this is why uh, Hot Space didn't quite make it there was too much pushing the heavier side of Queen out the rockier side of them which is why that album was never a big fan favourite but again like I say this I mean yeah it's a pop song but Brian May you know he's, he's t- pokes his head around the corner every now and again with the guitar and you you can't argue it for what it is uh, Scandal it's the next song and again it has real heavy touches to it for, so it's not a heavy song but it does have those little moments where, where da, 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 da. I mean they once they started using the, th- the synth, they uh, they did use uh, they did make the most of it, but uh, still good, still very good. My baby does me. Uh, next song. That's a poppy song. That's <laughs> that's definitely more of a poppy song. Uh, it's sort of like a a break. It's a a nice break before the next song, because <laughs> the next song. You'll um, probably throw in some shapes and some guitar, so air guitaring too, which is Was It All Worth It? And that's a brilliant song. That is a brilliant song. And like, as I say, heavy. No no worry about that. That that's, that's, that's a kick. That's a kick in the face song. Heavy. That's a good one. So it's not like, not like a thrashy song, but it is a heavy song. The riff Good, good. Not thrash, not thrashy metal, but a heavy, heavy rock song. And there's actually a few extra, a couple of extra tracks on this one. Uh, I'm including them because this album is this this CD that I'm holding in my hand uh, was dated from '89. Uh, some, so a couple of albums have had like stuff added to them but not into like the late 90s and stuff like that and I'm thinking no I'm not going to include them because some of them are just instrumentals of the same thing that was already done which is a bit pointless but here there is actually a couple of different songs Uh, one called uh, Hang On In There again it's got more of a poppy feel to it I would say Uh, the second one is the Shizniz in my opinion it's called uh, Chinese Torture and it's a guitar instrumental well it's not just guitar instrumental there's like um drums and bass coming in with the with the start of it it's like a two-parter the first part is a bit of guitar and a bit of drums and a bit of bass note as a as, as a as an instrumental piece and then there's the second start sort of like breaks off and it's just sort of um well it's just solo uh solo guitar craziness but it's good and there is another track on that and that's the uh 12-inch vinyl version of The Invisible Man. But, you know, whether you want to count it or not, because it's basically the same song, just been bits added to it or bits taken away. Right, we are now on the final album that uh, the great Freddie Mercury was alive for. 
uh, the completion of it. It's got the last videos he ever done on it. And it is a belter of an album. A belter of an album. And it is the Innuendo album. Oh, this is a this is a, this is a tough one. It's a tough one to go through because when I mentioned about it before, when I talked about Queen on one of the other podcasts, my respect for Freddie Mercury's work ethic. Uh, well, people have to realise, which people might not. Well, you know, well, most people would do, but to those who don't, here is a man who is dying of AIDS, crippling disease, you know, and zapping the energy out of him and in his, his uh, as a quote from him he wanted to make music until he fucking died and uh, he carried on going and this yeah I mean it's nice that this album was completed while he was still uh, with us but uh, we'll crack on with the first track Innuendo and it's a heavy song it's a heavy song it's got a real it's got a beautiful like snare drum intro this like dark sounds really tense uh introduction and uh it's a it's a heavy song it's a beautifully done song and there's a bit of um flamenco uh guitar solo in here where they got a bit of help for that one and um uh, later on in the song, I mean the song's about six minutes long. It's not a short song, but like uh, Brian May plays, uh, copies the uh, riff that the riff that was played earlier on his guitar, and obviously it just sounds ten times heavier. But it's such a beautiful r- r- one as well. It's like and then this really fast one. And yeah, of course, the first time that's played in the song, it's done on a Spanish guitar. And then later on, it's done with <laughs> Brian May. Uh, and it obviously, like I say, I'll repeat myself, it sounds ten times heavier. After that is the song, I'm Going Slightly Mad. Now, there was a video for this. And uh, people who may not have been aware of how ill Freddie Mercury was, they would have probably, if if they knew him well enough, they would have seen it in this video I mean he's got loads of crazy makeup on uh, the video is black and white and he's got like this m- massive wig on and uh, may not have been as easy to notice how ill he was I mean because you might have looked at him and said he looks nothing like himself oh it's the video though he's got that weird wig on and the outfit but uh, obviously beyond well, people who knew him well enough to know would have been able to see him straight away and said he is ill but um, I'll talk about that on the other video that there is on this but the song I'm going slightly mad um, I wouldn't say it was overly heavy uh, the guitar solo in it is <laughs> is a belter um, it's got, it's got, it sounds like it's a, it sounds like it's being played with the slide but uh, I can't confirm or deny that but it is a good song and uh, and it's a creepy song, like a creepy pop song. <laughs> I don't know, but again, it's I wouldn't say it comes off as a happy pop song, you know. But um, it's good. Again, it's a it's a bizarre. Let's put it that way. Let's say it's a bizarre style song, but a fucking good one. 
Next one is Heavy Headlong. That's a, it's about a bow and you're rushing headlong. Da, 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 da. It's a it's it's a proper headbanging song that one. Yeah, that's all there is to say about that one. Next song, I can't live with you. I'd say this is a heavy, maybe well, put it, it's a heavy love song, because again, it is heavy, and there's a lot of um, uh, they use all the vocals, uh, in there, you know, from Brian and from Roger, and you can again Roger's falsetto, so you can hear him, hear him taking when the the high notes when they uh, sing the I can't live with you as like a chorus part and uh, yeah it's a brilliant song uh, follow up of that we got next track uh, Don't Try So Hard um, it's a gentle song uh, it's not a pop song <laughs> I wouldn't say it was even slightly poppy to be fair um, it's I'd, I'd, I'll put it with, along with a gentle rock song the uh, there's the snippets like of a uh, drum fills in it just give it a nice proper little kick to it uh, and it's a good song very good song next song after that we got ride the wild wind <laughs> oh, I love that song <laughs> that's a really good song again it's uh, a heavy song. Um, not straight out headbang all the way through heavy like something like headlong but uh, it nevertheless is a heavy song wow <laughs> and there's a again there's a another more awesome guitar work in there as well the solo in that melt melt your face sort of solo you know you try and headbang to um, keep up in time with it and you, you probably snap your neck it's a brilliant song. Uh, one after that is a song called All God's People. Uh, which I suppose it's... Uh, I w- I w- it's not exactly a banging on about religion song. But uh, it's, a, it's a good song. It's still good use of their vocals in it. And again, again, they blend, again, how they blend in the guitar with it. Keep keeps that heavy touch to it, and uh, well, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fucking brilliant song. Uh, now this next one, this is the uh, the last video that uh, Freddie Mercury was in, and I didn't try and hide anything in this next video. I mean, it was black and white because probably for the simple fact to hide the blemishes on Freddie Mercury's skin, because you know that's what the AIDS virus could do to people you you know well I don't want to go into it but you know yeah it can affect people's skin cause these blemishes to come up and well you know you probably didn't want to be advertising everything but um no there was definitely no I mean obviously they probably put they probably have makeup on his face to you know and hands to cover you know anything that would stick out even in black and white would probably still stick out quite well but he is a skeleton of the man he was in this video it's so heartbreak heartbreaking to watch and the thing is because if you've seen the video whenever you hear the song even if you're not watching it you still see the video in your mind <laughs> but it's such a it is such a 
beautiful song. It really is. And, uh, oh, it's so daunting. And um, right at the end of it as well, right at the end of the video, uh, Freddie Mercury looks up at the camera and it's, I, wouldn't, I don't know if it's a lyric. I mean, if you want to put it on the lyrics, then yeah, it's the last lyric. The last lyric sort of looks up to the camera and sort of like, Half half whispers, but as he says, it says it quite says it really quietly. I still love you, and uh, throws one of his uh, one of his moves that he was famous for. You know, if you watch whatever you watch Freddie Mercury live, you know, be punching his hands out to the camera and like grabbing thin air as well. And he just does one of his little does one of his little grabs of thin air and turns, and it's oh, it's such a oh. I'll be welling up in a minute. It's such a beautiful song. Uh, the next one is uh, called Delilah, which I do believe is probably dedicated to one of Freddie Mercury's cats. And uh, that's a poppy song. A really like poppy, <laughs> chirpy feel to it. But what I love about this song, it we it brings back some crazy Brian May guitars because uh, he sort of like um recreates the sounds of like... Me you know, cat meows and screams on the guitar, and uh, so that's like a it's like a lovely nod to the crazy guitar guitar stuff from like the earlier albums when the crazy guitars was like one of the big was like one of the big big selling points of the band that uh, you know they had a you know they they would make they could do all these crazy sounds without synthesizers and stuff. So yeah, to hear Brian May doing like little <laughs> little. Impressions of cats on the uh, guitar. It's really cool. Next one's another headbanging one. It's called the Hitman, and yeah, that's a that's a proper heavy rock song. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you let your hair down to that one definitely. After that, there's a track called Bijou, and that is a instrumental. Um, lead, uh, a lead guitar instrument, I'd say. I mean, there are some instrument uh, in the background. I'm not sure what it might. It's probably some someone doing some work on a synth or a keyboard or what have you. But it's a funny uh, constructed song because you've got a uh, lead guitar play, play, playing a playing a, a rhythm uh, section, and then it breaks halfway, and in the middle. There's uh, Freddie Mercury sings a small part. It's almost like there's a vocal solo <laughs> instead of a guitar solo, and then there's another solo ending on the other side. So you got like guitar solo, vocal solo, secondary guitar solo. But it's uh, it's beautiful to play. I've uh, I practiced it a few times and uh, quite often uh, <laughs> snapped the E on my guitar. Uh, the high E on the guitar, <laughs> trying to get that bend, that one of those crazy. Well, it's not crazy because again, it's a very, it's a very slow paced number, but there are some big bends in it, and sooner or later, I think the you know, that high E string just just goes, leave me alone. Uh, but yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful piece of music. And the last track is the show must go on, and that is. A fucking beautiful, heavy song, and that's all there is to say about it, really. 
they there is a video for that, but it's just like a blend of um taking bits from other videos to put together towards it. And it is just a beautiful song. And there is a story behind that one as well, was when it was recorded. Uh, that song was in fact recorded in one take. Uh, they asked Freddie how he was feeling. Um, he said, "I think Brian said, look, we got this. Um, we got this song to do. Uh, if how you, if you, <clears throat> how you're feeling with it, and that. Cause when you hear that song, that is a powerful song. That is a really powerful song. You hear the. I mean, the voice of that. That's not. You're, you're like. That's not a dying man singing that song. But um, yeah, the uh, the rumor is. Well, the rumor, the story. He, uh, he took a shot of vodka and said, give it here.'" And yeah, they recorded it in one take. And uh, so, if you ever listen to that, ever listen to that song, damn, you know, that's amazing. Right, the last album I'm going to be doing a review of. I'll say there was there was a couple after this, but um, I've made a point of not doing compilation albums, also the greatest hits or Queen Rocks or Queen Forever or anything like that. I haven't done those, and I haven't done live stuff. I've just decided to focus on, you know, strict studio albums. And, uh, yeah, this is the last one that was uh, ever done with uh, um, input from Freddie Mercury, uh, use of his vocals. Um, and the song is called... Well, the song. The album is called Made in Heaven. And as I say, this is the last one ever done. The, the song that he actually... Uh, well, he actually died halfway through doing the, uh, one of the songs on here but um yeah they, these are just other versions of um other ways they used up what material they had left over to give it out and uh yeah the first track is uh it's a beautiful day um i'd say it's a it's a more gentle i'd say this whole album in fairness is a lot more not a lot more gentle i would say than the other um previous albums and there's a couple of songs that still that still like have got their touch of heavy, but uh, on the whole, I would say it's a more gentle album, but uh, still a bloody great album. So the first song, it's a beautiful day. Um, yeah, no one's gonna stop me now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, there's really good, uh, really good piano work on that, and um. There's like a moment after that. There's a bit better. Well, it's a lot better than what I just sung. And then there's a stop and they're like, but, dun, like ten, a tense moment on the piano. Like, dun, da, 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 da. Uh, but yeah, it's good. The next one is uh, the actual, the, the song Made in Heaven. And this one has what I was talking about earlier, that touch of heavy. There's some heavy guitars on this. It's, it's good. It's good. Very good. Yeah, that's a beautiful. It's a belter. It's a belter. The next song, I would get. I get hints of um, uh, or little little memories of somebody to love off this, because again, it has. There's a vocal section. Where you get that gospel feel and they're clapping along as they're singing it, not like a da, 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 like like a clapping a rhythm like they did on somebody to love. 
another more like this like another piece clap take another piece clap take another piece clap that sort of thing you know but uh brilliant and uh got a lot of uh roger takes over a couple of uh does a couple of verses in this uh, along with brian may there's a verse so you know i don't know if uh, i don't know if there was just some songs where they had right freddie sung a verse of that so i'll sing the next couple of verses and finish it off and uh, this next song is the one I was talking about. That um, it was the he uh, died uh, halfway through uh, this song was being made. Um, he said, to, uh, I think he said to the band or Brian, whoever was there, he said, um, "I'm not feeling it right now. Uh, I've I've got a I've got to go and uh, I'll come back and I'll finish it tomorrow or whatever." And unfortunately, that didn't happen. He went home and uh, that was the day that he died. Again, I'll I'll jump back onto it. That man's work ethic, standards to set. That's the standard to set yourself, because you know. I mean, it was a dream. Because a lot of, a lot of us have our dreams that we want to do work-wise. I know I'd love to be a musician. <laughs> well, uh, employed musician. I am a musician, but I just don't make any fucking money with it. But uh, you know, I mean, it was sort of like it's sort of like part of his mind was his mind was just sort of like right. I've got a job to do. I am a, I'm a musician. I'm going to carry on making music. And, you know, I mean, you, no one can put themselves in... I mean, you hear sometimes, you know, people, you know, especially the, the divas nowadays are broken ale. I um, <laughs> twisted my ankle. I've got a cold. Not performing today. You know, and if you, you can't help but think, <laughs> you lazy-ass bastard. You know, it's like, <laughs> are you dead? No, well then, get up there. It's like kudos to um, oh, Dave Garol from the Foo Fighters. I think didn't didn't he break a leg at one point or something? But he still carried on playing. Um, yeah, something like that. I think it was. I think it was a leg because I know he was playing the guitar as well, so it wouldn't have been an arm. But uh, yeah, Mother Love. It's a very slow. It's a very slow song. And uh, like I say, for a man that's dying, the um. There's a there's a there's a lyric a vocal part in there where he kicks it up proper like old school Freddie and then, uh the um the note and it's fucking amazing it really is it's proper like hairs on your arm standing up on edge you know brilliant song uh, there's no following off of that there's a song called My Life Has Been Saved which again is a very more of a poppy song. Uh, Right, the next song is I Was Born to Love You, and I'm pretty certain he'd done this uh, solo during his so part of his solo career. Uh, but um, this version of it is, I'll, I'll say, it's heavier. They've got the band in there, and uh, there's um, a couple of uh, moments of uh, from uh, Brian, well, the solo, as well as the solo, there's a couple of moments in between uh, while the... the actual like singing you know verses of the song where you where he kicks in a couple of notes and uh yeah yeah it's a good song I remember that was at my wedding that was it my but there was a lot of queen songs played at my wedding <laughs> oh dear yeah next song is uh heaven for everyone this could be heaven for everyone and uh yeah it's a brilliant it's a good song it, 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 we're still at the brilliant level. I, 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 
it takes a lot for me to say a Queen song is well, it's good, but nine times out of ten, they're always going to be brilliant. Again, no one talk about Hot Space. <laughs> but no, it's, it, is a, it is a brilliant song. The next one, Too Much Love Will Kill You. Now, this, this song first saw the light of day uh, at the Freddie Mercury tribute concert in 92, and it was played by Brian May, and it is also on his solo stuff. So, at some time, obviously, they got uh, Freddie to sing it, do a version of it. And it, it is a beautiful song. It is a, it's a crushing song to listen to. Again, you know, if you, in, in context of the uh, situation, you know, the, uh, so I think I think it might may I I think it was written after Freddie had died, so you know you put that song into the context of where it would be in someone's state of mind when you know a bandmate, a friend, had recently died. Uh, yeah, but it's a it's a fucking great song. Uh, you don't fool me. That's the next song, uh, which is that's a poppy song. That's a poppy song. Yeah. But again, you've got, you've got those heavy guitar inserts, which make it extra awesome. After that, we've got a Winter's Tale, which is uh, like a that's one of that's a Queen um, Christmas song. See, there is another one. There is another Queen Christmas song called "Thank God It's Christmas," but that is not on any of the studio albums. That is off uh, if you get uh, the complete works, which is a box set. Of all the albums on the build-up to the al- the release of the album, the works. So you've got the 13 albums previous, plus the complete works. And the complete works one is like all their um, A sides and whatnot. And uh, so yeah, there was that. But other than that, uh, as it as in, in terms of like you know studio albums, official releases, uh, A Winter's Tale. That is the only Christmas song that Queen had released on a st- studio on a studio album. And that's a good song. It's really slow. And um, red skies are gleaming. Uh, with uh, Freddie. And Freddie's vocals again. Cause you, and what I love about it, you've got the little, oh, there's little moments, you know, because, um, again, if you, you you watch any footage of Freddie Mercury live, and he has those maybe macho moments, if you want to call them that, where, you know, where he just chucks in a little, uh, rah, sort of thing. <laughs> Like James Hetfield, but let's face it, let's be honest, a lot better. No offense, metalers. No offense, Metallica fans. I'm not gonna. I'm not jumping on Hetfield. Don't worry about that. But again, let's be honest. We're talking vocals. I think Hetfield would have to agree that Freddie Mercury was better than him. Uh, but yeah, don't don't be thinking I'm not a, not. I don't like my Metallica because you would be very wrong. Uh. And again, the last track on this album, it's a reprise of a beautiful. It's a beautiful day. So that comes back again, and you get snippets of um, all the other albums, all the all the other songs. And I didn't realise this, but there's actually a hidden track on a beautiful day as well. Yeah, I just finished doing, having a workout, and I was listening to the album because uh, I'm well getting ready to do this. Um and 
the song finished after the collaborating after like you know the last collection of all the other snippets from all the other songs finished and I was like oh well that's it I mean I've never known Queen that there's no hidden they hadn't done hidden tracks before but this but it, it, so I assumed the song had stopped but I didn't turn the uh, thing off because I was deadlifting or bench pressing or doing whatever I was doing while it was going on and then I heard like um like a little fa- like <laughs> let's say a bit of fantasy piano keyboard synth work going on and I was like what the fuck is that and it you know, and it goes on for a while it goes on for quite a long while I was thinking like does it stop um, and that's like the hidden track which I suppose uh, it was not like a full on well it was probably a full on track it's, a, it's an instrument just a just long instrumental I suppose would be the best way of putting it uh, and yeah that was a nice little surprise but there you go uh, every Queen album reviewed from Queen 1 all the way up to Made in Heaven as I say I think Hand on Heart from the definitely from the 70s my favourite album is A Night at the Opera because I think because they'd split from their pre, the, the previous um, record company they were with that had screwed them over and whatnot. Uh, and they got when they got with EMI they sort of had the f- I think they f- they felt they had the free reigns to just do whatever and yeah it's uh, obviously you know Bohemian Rhapsody aside it's a fucking awesome album without but obviously put it with and it, it's just a fucking awesome album um, I would say Queen were heavier m- they were majority heavier early on uh, maybe when uh when we got to the game, as I say, a lot of things did. A lot of things changed after the after the, the uh, after the game album. Like I say, you had the the uh, influence of uh, disco music. Um, with an, with another one bites the dust. Uh, they they I say they dived. That's why they dived as deep as they did. Uh, with um, hot space and obviously that album. As, as I say, I'll 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 be I'll be fair. It's not it's not really a great album. But it, I mean, it does have songs that, that take it up. Don't worry about that. There's still them couple of songs on it, and I'm thinking, well, you you know, back in the day, you paid a fiver for a single, so you know, I mean, an EP's what four, five songs, so it would still be worth buying. Uh, but I wouldn't pay more than a fiver for it, if I'm honest. I don't think I did. I think I got that. Where did I get that one? I think I got it down. I think I saw it cheap down a boot sale or something like that. But. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was the last album I bought for my Queen collection. But uh, I've got it on vinyl as well. I haven't got it on cassette yet. Uh, that would be my ideal. That would be That's my plan, though, to have every album on CD, cassette, and vinyl. I've got a, f- I've got a couple. I've got a few of them. I've got the full, I've got the full trilogy with a, f- with a few of the albums, but not all of them. But, yeah, there we go. Um... I still think their music from... I still think what they put out from the 80s... I mean, like I say, the works for me was such a... It was such a refreshing... Queen are back! Hot Space was a one-off. We've got Queen back! Uh, (laughs) Because it was a really good return-to-form album, in my opinion. I mean, uh, like I say, uh, hearing hearing that man on the prowl bringing back that 1950s... 
British type rock and roll feel. Again, gave it, it gave me the nice little reminders of again. I'll say again of uh, a night at the opera. A couple of like what I would call fifties seaside rock and roll, rock and roll. Uh, you got again. We had we had some heavy back with like tear it up. Uh, uh, yeah, that that machines all back to humans again. Get a chance and listen to that. That is a because that is a belter. Uh, I want to break free. Obviously, what I like about that song as well, it takes on a whole new life of its own when it's played live. Yeah, I mean because of the fact the guitar is there, it comes in, and uh, there's no. I mean, yeah, for a song that's missing a guitar solo, you're a bit like that's no. What's going on? But uh, then you see you you hear it you see it played live and it's like okay okay, uh, and then it had hammer to fall on it as well again another heavy another heavy one, and like I say it's is this the world we created like I say again, it's an acoustic, uh, folk esque, uh, song I think I think the most bizarre thing about that song is it was co-wrote with uh, Freddie and Brian, but again it was good to have it back. And um, obviously, there's a couple of big heavy numbers off uh, off, an, off a kind of magic. Had some <laughs> beautiful heavy numbers off it. Much is the same with the with the miracle, and definitely with innuendo. Um, I'd say in, innuendo is definitely up there with my uh, favourite Queen albums uh, because of the work in it. It's just it's phenomenal. And again, you got that back of your mind. You got you know. It's just worth reminding yourself, you know. Well, it's worth for me to remind myself, you know. Whenever you think, oh, life's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's a shame. Or when you feel yourself, oh, I can't be asked to do anything, you know. Listen to innuendo and just remind yourself a man was dying while he was singing those fucking awesome songs. And again, there's a lot of there's a lot of heavy on innuendo and uh, hand on heart. <laughs> it might not come as any surprise to you. I do like my heavy music. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was nice reminding myself as well how heavy some of Queen's stuff was pre-thrash. I say like definitely pre-Motorhead, like off the like say I mean off the debut album, Modern Times Rock and Roll. Uh, I'd put that down as a thrash song. Listen to it yourself and tell me at what point does that song stop? And it's heavy. As well, and it doesn't stop at all. I think the only the, the one and the fact that it's so quick as well, you know, it's such a short song. I mean, there are examples of thrash songs that are fast and very fucking short. Like uh, example, example, "Got the Time" by Anthrax. That's not a long song, and that is, and again, thinking about it in my head. If you listen to them too, they've got that. They have that same structure. It's a really fast riff that drives all the way to the other end at no point stopping for you know you know stopping to take a breath. Speeds straight through. I mean, and got the time. The only time that slows maybe is for the bass solo. But again, the the bass is it's not a slow bass solo. It's a fast solo. So um, yeah, I would say uh, thank you, Queen, for possibly. Uh, Giving us our third nod of thrash music. Um, uh, not to say there was others after that, but uh, you know, yeah. Anyone else have a listen? Anyone else? If anyone else can give me an example of a thrash 
style song pre-1973, let me know. Let me know. But uh, yeah, for now, that is it. That I've got. That's all I got. God, this went. This did go on for a bit longer than I intended. But I knew it weren't going to be a short album. A short album. A short again podcast. That's it. But there we go. That is it. I do hope you have enjoyed yourself. If you watched, if you, if you were watching this on uh, YouTube beforehand for the first three albums, thank you for coming over from YouTube to finish listening to the rest of the podcast. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think that 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 better do it because I'm gonna start jabbering on and just repeating myself a thousand times. Well, for now, that is it. So I hope you've all enjoyed listening to this. Uh, if you are big fans of Queen like myself, I hope maybe I've given you a couple of new snippets of information. If I haven't, maybe you've just been able to smile and nod along. And if you don't, uh, please uh, like me on my Facebook page. Uh, the Savage Southerner, uh, pop over and see me on uh, Facebook again, The Savage Southerner, because I'm on there as well. And um, in the meantime, I shall see you all later. So rock on and rock out.